Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, the place to come for movie reviews, along with some extra fun talk about movie-related topics like box office and awards. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically any place else you can find podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for even more content. If you like what we do, feel free to share us with your friends, like and leave feedback wherever you listen to us, and let us know what you think. Now, let's get on with the show. Ryan, opening tomorrow in theaters, uh, only in theaters, Yeah, Edgar Wright. Last night in Soho, uh, with uh, Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor Joy, two wonderful young actresses. Yes, um, Matt Smith, oh. Terrence Stamp. Oh, it's Terrence is so good in this. Oh man, I, dude, I, <laughs> dude, I, I loved him in The Collector when he did that way back in the day. So, yeah. uh, anyway, but yes, so General Zod is in this. Doctor Who is in this. Uh, <laughs> um. So, and, and, yeah, yeah, it yeah. just, it never ends. Uh, okay. So this is the story of, of a young girl who wants to be a fashion designer, goes to London to attend art school, fashion school. Yeah. Uh, but she has a gift, hmm. um, and she finds herself reliving, watching, uh, this other young woman played by Anya Taylor Joy uh, in the '60s in London, who is trying to make it as a singer, and so we get this back and forth time travel-y uh, supernatural thing. Uh, let me start with uh, one of the quotes that I gave after I got out of the screening the other day, and that is Edgar Wright uses music better than any director since a young Quentin Tarantino. And I don't know that I would die on that hill, but I would defend it for a while. Well, and I think one thing that says Edgar apart from, from Tarantino is um, that it, it Tarantino's into a very particular generation of sounds and music and, and sort of things, whereas Edgar Wright, um, and this is partially, I think, because he's British and in England, the radio stations are radically different, um, but he's into a, a, a wider range um, and he tends to, 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 to know exactly which songs, um, are authentic to whatever moment he's doing. Right. Um, and so I, yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I think you, you could, um, compare him to Tarantino. Um, I, I, you know, I think his sensibilities and my sensibilities on a lot of things are, are pretty close. Um, uh, I, I just, you know, he's obviously done more with his influences than I have, but um, I love Edgar Wright's films, um, and music is is absolutely a part of that. Oh, it it is. I mean, I mean, Scott Pilgrim. I mean, the music is is one thing, but I mean, you go to Baby Driver, and for him, the music. Quint, 
Quentin Tarantino is really good at scoring his films with the music that he loves. And and I think that I think what makes Edgar Wright better in that regard um, is you know you're talking about maybe his his he's not as narrowly focused as Tarantino is on a on a not that Tarantino probably doesn't appreciate other music, but you know he's got his jams. Whereas Edgar Wright really he he finds the songs and the 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 music as opposed to like a classical score. The music in an Edgar Wright film feels like it is its own character. You know, it, it it's a character that's going to walk through these scenes, and it's going to add all of this stuff that you would not otherwise get. And then you well, know, and the I next think, thing you get another one. Well, in this one, this this film, it's it's particularly uh, on point because the Soho area in, in London um, is just it's it's uh, it's rife with uh, music history and so much history um uh, you know so he's he's also picked a, a place that on its own um is is very evocative of of uh, uh you know uh, gosh nostalgia and and it's, it's it's an area of london that, that that kind of keeps reinventing itself um and and even it's a little more commercial now than it has been. But even then, it still has this kind of. Uh, I think uh, when I when I talked to Edgar about this, he talked about how you couldn't necessarily recommend it to just anyone. Right. You'd have to have you know kind of acknowledge the fact that there is this edginess to it, um, and and a lot of that has to do with you know it's it's traditionally where the the clubs are and the bars are. Um, and and uh, the music shops and also the uh, adult bookstores and, right uh, the uh, the other of things of those natures it's it's just basically you know just right off of the west end um, so very accessible in a, in a way but almost like two blocks away from where the fancy uh, folks yes so yeah you go two blocks in one direction and uh you have the tourists and all that sort of thing, and you, the, you know this other direction. You have sort of the the uh, Times Square. Uh, yeah, but like Times Square, not quite in the eighties anymore. But once upon a time, like right. Times Square in the eighties. That but, nice transitional uh, Times Square. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Not nearly as you know. I mean, it's it's a little more polished now than it was um, when I first went there in the nineties. Um, but there's still so much history and. Uh, uh, it, it's almost like it's it's uh, in the sidewalk and in the walls, and um, because so many of the, the the buildings have, you know, been clubs and they've been restaurants and they've been grocery stores, and, the, right. and it's just one of those areas where the the, the buildings have gone through so many changes, um, but the history of them is is pretty fascinating, um, and and uh, Edgar with this film kind of dives into the dark aspects um for for what about 20 minutes we get to think that this is uh, a tribute to the 1960s and how great the 60s were and then he kind of you know goes eh, but yeah but uh, but let's okay so let's talk about that so uh yeah. uh thomas and mckenzie yeah. uh from jojo rabbit um she was an old as well and she was an old as well just recently yeah. um uh, so she's our special girl. Yes, she's, um, 
Well, you know, she's she's the the girl who's never really been to the city. She's a little emotionally fragile. Her mother um, uh, committed suicide, and that's kind of you know, there's this concern yep. that that she's not going to be able to make it in London because London is this kind of brutal place. And and you know, I you know, like her character. Um, my my earliest experiences with London were when I was eighteen, um, and so there's there's a lot of this film that I completely relate to. Um, on that regard as well. Um, but she goes to London. Um, she doesn't necessarily fit in with the other students who aren't, aren't necessarily as talented as she is, um, who are very uh, they're, showy. They're, they're very cosmopolitan. <laughs> and she's very country mouse, as they put it at one point. There you go. Uh, they, yeah. Yeah, they do Anyways. call her country mouse. So... You know, ultimately, uh, she's living in the dorms, but she has to move out of the dorms because she just can't deal with the uh, distraction. Yeah, the, well, uh, between the parties and the you know the clicky girls, it just everything is too much. It's for too her. much for so her. She, so she moves into a rented house, and and so this house kind of becomes a, a conduit of some sort that she. Uh, this is this is, and I love this because this is very 1960s, 1970s horror, um, and this is where we start kind of getting. But the, the house starts to influence her. Um, you know, the house kind of takes on its own um, role in this, and the things that have happened in this house, and so she's she's kind of channeling into these things, and it takes her back to uh, the 60s when a lot of the things that happened in this house, which not all were pretty, uh, happened. Yep. Um, and and it kind of turns into this this really neat European mystery horror film where she's kind of stuck in two times. She's in the modern time and she's stuck in the the sixties as well, trying well, it, to, to solve this mystery. When she goes, okay. yeah, when she goes to sleep, yeah, um, it she she goes and so she she and she tries. She encourages it because. She, you're right. Early on, she's very enamored of the fashion and the music because she was raised on the music. Um, yeah. by her gram after after her mom killed herself and and you know and she's she loves the the clothes and and all of it, it she she's a girl out of time and yeah. she finds herself able however to <laughs> to access that and it, it yeah, to, it's, go, to, to go back to that time and it, 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 it it's very seductive she's not herself but she's not even her because she's kind of like she's having an outer body experience in that she's more an observer and she goes to the 60s and she gets to be the person that she probably wants to be. Right. Um, the, the sexier, the more elegant, uh, the, the, the fearless uh, Sandy. Yes. Um, you know, and, and uh, there, I mean, it, it's, there is some, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, it has a couple scenes early on in this where she is just like, you know, it, I think a lot of us have watched um, we saw her originally in The Witch and then kind of watched her career. And there's a, a, some scenes early on in this where it's just, you know, you, you see the the distance that she's gone. And in, in just like five, six years, um, the, it's the, kind of the transformation from um, from a really good actress to like this, this person who is makes it look so easy. Um, there's an audition scene that she does and it's just like, okay, you can do anything. Go ahead. Yep. You know, as as an actress, I will, I will follow you wherever you want to go because you can get there. 
Um, but then the rest of the movie is kind of about tearing that, that person apart. Yes. Um, and, and that's really kind of, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, but one thing Edgar told me, and this is, I think, I think this is, is, is really kind of cool is that initially, um, he met with Anya in, you know, a few years ago, uh, probably, I think, I think he said it was right around, uh, the, the Sundance because he, he actually saw her there as well. Mm. And he originally pitched the movie to her where she would be Eloise. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, she grew out of that it, she well and that's the thing um you know uh, that uh, at the beginning of her career she was eloise yes um but there's no way she could play eloise now um and i think and that's one of the the, the dynamic behind the scenes sort of things that i i think so interesting about it is is that and why i think it it, it works um in kind of a strange way is because both characters are kind of the same person and the actresses who are playing them are also on similar paths because, uh, you know, Thomason's career also took off at Sundance, but it was two or three years later mm. and she's maybe two or three years behind where Anya was. And so it could be, you know, in a couple of years we see, you know, her in that place. Right. Um, and let, let's be clear when we say behind, yeah, that's it's chronological. It's not. Yes, it's not talent. We're not saying. I mean, because no, no, no. because she's it's, she's it's fantastic a, as Eloise. No, no, it's it's more of a career path thing. Um, and, and it's it's you have two young actresses who whose careers I don't know if they mirror each other, but they they're on the they, they're on the same trajectory sort of thing. It just happens that that one trajectory started earlier than the other. Right. Um, and and so you know but but uh i mean about halfway through the film uh i totally knew exactly what edgar was going for and i was totally into it um and and it was more of a question of okay let's see where we go with what you're doing i mean i i kind of knew what i would do with it and and again we have some of the same sensibilities so um that that was fun for me because I, I just jumped on board and, and, and went with it. Um, but I do think that there are some people who are going to react negatively to this film because it's darker than anything he's done, really. Yes. Um, it does absolutely have kind of a strange European feel to it in, in that it's a psychological and psychedelic sort of horror movie um, that has obviously some really violent moments and things, but it it's it almost feels it's it's not like a slasher movie. It's not like it's like you know. It, I mean, it it feels more like an Italian film. Uh, uh, okay, so I didn't make the comparison uh, at the time, but I'll I'll make it now. And so this is like Edgar Wright's Suspiria, the original Suspiria. Well, and it's the color scheme that he uses there, and there's a setup there because it's a girl going to a school, kind of out of her place. Right. Um, but you know, if you didn't, but if you does. if you couldn't get into Suspiria, then you might have trouble with this. But the the other quote, yes. and I, and I think you'll appreciate this other quote. Normally, I don't give like you know movie poster quotes when we come out, yeah. and this I had two, and one was him was about him and his music, and the other one is is uh, this is the hippest supernatural murder mystery that you'll ever see, uh, because it is a hip this- supernatural murder mystery. I, it it is all of those things. 
but it also has a lot of social context, so it's like a modern thing. Um, and he, they're not very quiet about it. Um, oh no, this is a, this is. I mean, this is. There are two female leads in this film. This is actually Edgar uh, co-wrote the, the script uh, with a woman. Uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's actually working on. Uh, Christy Wilson Cairns. There you go. She did. She did nineteen seventeen. Uh, she, she's working on the, the the one of the new Star Wars films. She's going to be writing for Taika. Um, yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but she's exciting to me. And and they've done some videos and things together where they walk around Soho. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've actually been more uh, into a lot of the promo stuff for this simply because I can watch the videos and I know where they are. Right. Um, so, Soho is this very good place for me. Um, and so I watch kind of, you know, and in fact, uh, I hope to, to be in Soho in a couple of weeks and I'll probably do my own little <laughs> last night in Soho tour where, you know, there's, there's a couple of places I haven't been to that are, that are in the film that I, okay, well, glad that's the places I need to go to. Right. Um, but, uh, so there's, it's a very female centric story and, and film. Um, and it's not, and I, and, and it, that's a little different from Edgar as well. Um, uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with the co-writing and, and things as well. But it's, it, it just, it, to me, this, this movie was just, uh, it was a lot of fun, even though it's not necessarily a fun movie. Right. No. It, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and half the fun is figuring out what's going on. Uh, the, the, yeah. the murder mystery part of it. Half of it is figuring sure. out what's real or what's not. Well, and 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 there are some elements of that. I I mean, I don't usually sit around thinking, oh, I could write an essay about this movie. <laughs> da, 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 da. But there there are elements in this where it's like I had to sit and think and go, okay, so what is he doing here? And then it's like, oh wait, there's this element that he puts in that. To, you know, because there there is a question of how much is in their head and how much is really happening and how much you know, it, it, which is great for horror films, right? Um, and uh, but I I think that a lot of that he actually kind of shows us what may in fact be in her head, what may not be in her head. Uh, there's there's little things here and there that that I um, really really liked the, about that. Um, but you do question, you know, I mean, that's what the whole setup is, you know, her mother killed herself. So is she crazy too? Is right. She, exactly. You know, becomes, you know, or is she, is she just 18 or 19 and really obsessed with something? With, yeah. Because uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I think at some point in our lives, we've all been obsessed about something and we think about it so much that, uh, it, it kind of influences the way we see the world and see, other events and see things that are happening because we're, you know, we have this narrative that um, we're living out in our head, I guess, in a way. And, and she's discovering this narrative and she starts making the narrative. Yep. Um, and then, and then it, it, it's a matter of what well, does that narrative line up? Yep. You know, what, with what, you know, what really happens or, you know, it's, there's just a lot of elements that I think are a lot of fun, but um, it's not nearly as funny as, as some of Edgar Wright's other films. No. Um, and so I do think that there might be some people who aren't uh, on board with that. Um, although maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe people who have followed Edgar Wright's career. Um, I mean, this isn't that far, you know, off, off of what he's done before. Um, in fact, uh, you know, baby driver was kind of a shift in, in, in what he was doing. 
Um, and, and this, I think the film has very, some similarities to baby driver and, and then obviously throw back to the Shaun of the dead horror aspects right. and, and things. But uh, I, I really just, um, love this movie. And if you see my interview with Edgar, I kind of gush and I wish I had just shut up and let him talk, but <laughs> sometimes um, you can't help yourself. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the thing about it is, is I love Soho. Um, as well so you know and uh, and he went to soho in the mid 90s that's when i first went to soho in the mid 90s so uh, again a lot of um there's the the scene at the inferno club on halloween mm-hmm. um that's very much what the the kind of scene of the the 90s uh some of the clubs and things although it wasn't halloween but you still had all the kind of spooky people and things but that was very evocative of you know and and it's it's the one scene in the film that he uses a more contemporary song um he uses Susie and the banshees track which Mm -hmm. i just thought was was pretty great um again because he knows what he's doing when Mm -hmm. it comes to music but uh so i just i mean this this film to me I'm almost just excited by where it takes place and by some of the stories that it tells that are based on, you know, real locations and, and a real scene that existed in the sixties and yep. scenes that existed in the after, you know, after that. And I, I just, it, it, I'm a geek over this movie. Like this movie checked all my geek boxes, all your geek boxes there. Hey, nothing wrong all with that. Nothing wrong all with that at all. Checked. I Who? mean, from the cast, who am to, I to judge? You know, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, but it just, you know, it's it's my kind of horror film, but it's also my kind of um, art house film. It's like so many different things. And there's this kind of there's still a sense of, you know, it, it's 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 darker, but there's still that sort of, uh, you know, wink and a smile right. as well. Well, I, except for still. except for having never been to Soho, I'm right there with you. So, um, <laughs> you should go to Soho. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we check, check. It's on the list. Um, okay. let, really quick. So obviously, we love it and we want people to see it. Uh, we Twice. would be remiss. We mentioned Bat Smith and Terrence Stamp. Yeah, sorry. Uh, uh, no, I'm just the, the, let, the, let, men let, the, the men of the movie. Let's 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 not belittle their contributions. Oh, heavens no. Uh, Matt Smith is is not a nice man. No, Matt Smith is the '60s. A uh, guy who knows how to get girls gigs uh, mm-hmm. at some of these bars and clubs, but it, it comes at a price. Right, um, and that's one one of the, the the themes of this this film is that you have this these very glamorous looking girls who are asked to do very unglamorous things. things with with men who are wealthy but not exactly desirable. Right, um, and, and then but Terrence Stamp is is this creepy old guy who kind of lingers around the neighborhood yep um you know and and so he's this really creepy guy hangs out uh he takes an interest in all the young ladies yes um but he's not well it's weird because they call him handsy yeah uh but you never but but you you never never see see that actually acts that way right so it's, it's it's very odd that that the people in the pub call him oh you mean oh you're talking to Hansy? but he doesn't you never see that when he's dealing with uh eloise so um yeah it's 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 just a really this is a really solid movie all the way around and the men play their part but it is really it's a two-woman show uh eloise and sandy well 
And there's a third woman in there as well, um, who, who Mrs. Collins plays uh, an important role. Yes, um, but that we'll, we'll leave that where it is. Oh, um, Diana Rigg. How did we forget that? Yeah, well, well, exactly. Diana, <laughs> who, who, for those of you who don't know, was um, a starlet of the 1960s. So again, Edgar Wright has cast pretty perfectly her in this this role because she was a major thing in the 1960s. Um, you know, and so. Are there parallels? I don't know, but that's not the point. The, the fact that there could be parallels, or the fact that she, you know, simply that she was, she's a, another connection, another nod to the era that he's. Uh, uh, and let us visited. let let's let's tip the cap. Uh, this was her last movie. Yes, she did die right. uh, September of last year. And you know, yes. So, uh, and if you're going to go out, this is a heck of a role. It's a great movie to go out with. So, so. yes. So that is, uh, yes, that is Last Night in Soho. Uh, opens uh, tomorrow. That would be Friday, the 29th of October, if you're keeping track at home. Uh, only in theaters. Only in theaters. And it's um, beautiful to look at. It is really, really pretty to look at as well. It's just really well shot. He he has, Edgar Wright has an eye for what he wants yeah. and, and he gets and it. his team. Yeah. Yeah. And his team. Yeah. It's always a team. It's always a team. Effort. Well, and, and, and a lot of it was in, in England, you can't really shut things down, but a lot of it was still shot in and around the relocations. Um, and, and again, for someone like me who knows the area, that's just a, a, another level of detail that, that I, I just love. If this had been shot in Toronto, right. I, I don't think I would have been nearly as excited <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Toronto being Soho, whatever. Fair yeah. enough. Fair anyway, enough. Yeah. So there you go. That is it. That is last night in Soho. Uh, we will be back. We've got another big film coming uh, next weekend or next week. Yeah. That would be Marvel's The Eternals. Yes, we'll be talking about that soon. So watch for that to drop. Until it does, uh, I will be out of town for the weekend covering Fan Expo Denver. So watch the Twitter feed at VS Movie Podcast. You'll see some stuff there. You'll see some stuff here. You'll hear some stuff here. You'll get all that good stuff. Uh, but until we get back to you with that film and more, because there's more coming next week, um, stay safe. Be good. I am Mark. That is Ryan. Bye, Ryan. See you guys. And we'll talk to you all later. <laughs>